0: Love
1: Talk Radio. Good evening, radio listeners. I'm your engineer tonight. My name is Tyrone Lowe. Welcome to another segment of Spread the Word. And we have a good host tonight, uh, a friend of mine that I've met, and also he has a powerful word. His name is W. Perry Alexander, and he's here to give you the word. And his topic tonight is called Finishing Well. And here he is, W. Perry Alexander.
0: Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. I am, as the engineer said, Elder W. Perry Alexander from Macedonia Baptist Church of Charlotte, North Carolina, where my pastors are Dr. John H. Walker, uh, the overseer of the Western District, and Pastor Rosie Knight Walker. I bless God on today because I believe that we have a word to share with you tonight uh, that will propel you into the 2016 year and beyond. It's interesting to me because we have a word that comes from the Gospel of John in chapter number 19, and uh, it deals with the depth of Jesus. As a matter of fact, it is one of Jesus' last seven words that he spoke from the cross. If you would open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John chapter number 19. And we're going to begin at verse number 28. And the word of the Lord reads, Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed and his head the word of the Lord from the gospel according to John. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, it's come time... Now that we must share this word, God, that you have placed in my spirit for today, I pray that every listening ear will be receptive to receive your word on today. God, I ask that you anoint this man afresh and give him preaching power from on high that would make preaching come easier unto him. God, he will be so careful to give you all the honor, all of the glory, and all of the praise. For it is in Jesus' name we do pray and we ask it all. Amen. Amen. I believe today that the topic I'm going to discuss deals with a lifestyle choice that we all have to make at some point in time in our lives, I believe we're going to have to make the decision to either do the right thing or to not do the right thing. Now, uh, when we look at this text for today, just to give you a background on where we're going with this message finishing well today, this message comes... To us by way of the Gospel of John. And as an introduction to this text, it is important for us to note that the Apostle John is usually credited with the authorship of this fourth gospel, mainly because the author himself had to have an eyewitness account of Jesus' ministry. He also would have had a decent familiarity with Palestine before the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70 and would have had to have been familiar with the Jewish way of life. It is believed that John and his brother James, accompanied by their father Zebedee, was preparing their nets in a boat when Jesus called them, and they both left the boat and their father to follow Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22 tells us so. And Jesus often took Peter, James, and John aside, defining them as an inner circle of his disciples. You'll find that in Matthew 13, verses 23 through 24. Uh, But not only is John counted among in the inner circle, he is also referred to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. And after the resurrection of Jesus, John continued to play an instrumental role in the early church. Now, the Apostle Paul referred to Peter, James, and John the pillars of the church in Jerusalem. John specifically states his purpose in John chapter 20, verse 31. He says, uh, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Therefore, the purpose of John's gospel is to confirm and secure Christians in the faith. Uh, As for the themes and the theology of this book, John presents man as either belonging to one of two things, darkness or the light. There is no between. You may have heard that Uh, In the past, uh, I grew up in an Zion church, and in the past, we used to always hear the elder saints say to us, uh, you either hot or you cold, baby, there's no in-between, there's there's no middle, because God don't like lukewarmness. So John has this same theme here in his book. He said, uh, you either belong to the darkness, or you belong to the light. Uh, So there is no in-between. The darkness it is associated with death, while the light it is associated with life. This theme is developed throughout the gospel, but not only is this thing developed, uh, but the gospel of John also developed as a Christology that is unique for the other gospels. One of the overriding themes throughout the New Testament is that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, in presenting this, John's gospel also makes it clear that Jesus is God. In John chapter 1, verse 1, John plainly declares that in the beginning, Jesus, the Logos, was with God, and was God. If you look in your Bible, I'm sure it will read something similar to that, depending on your version. But throughout the gospel, many references are made to Jesus' deity. Most notably of these are John chapter 8, verses 57 through 58, where Jesus declares, Before Abraham was born, I am. Now, it is believed that Jesus is making reference to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where God refers to himself as I am, the one being who is existing. Is anybody still with me here? So when it comes to describing the event of the text today, It doesn't get much better than the Gospel of John. In the text, you will find that Jesus is being crucified on Calvary's cross, and he's being done so in between two thieves. And in the midst of breathing his last breath, he makes a declarative statement that, to me, that really seemed unorthodox for someone in Jesus' current predicament to be making. Watch this now. You have been betrayed, you've been scourged, spit on, beaten up, crown of thorns put on your head, nails driven in your hands and feet, and yet instead of coming down off the cross and handling the situation like you should, You stayed there and declared, it is finished. Now, what did Jesus mean by saying this? What significance did this have for this to be one of the last words spoken to mankind before Joseph and Nicodemus come and take him down off of the cross? Let's look at it briefly, if you will. Now, he says it is finished, meaning that it has come to an end. We are vastly approaching the end of this 2015 year, and I just come to encourage somebody today that we need to prepare ourselves to finishing well. Now, I know some things might occur through the years that when you started out, uh, it it might not have looked so bright. It might not have looked like it was on the right path. But somewhere along the way, you were able to kind of get back on the right road and begin to make things sort of mesh together. But I come to encourage you tonight that I can guarantee you that you can – finish well. Now, uh Jesus is at a point where he is at his death now. He's breathing his last on the cross. But he was determined to finish his life well. Look at this with me if you will. Now, uh Jesus is there. He's saying it is finished meaning that something is coming to an end. Or something is about to come to a completion. Something is about to be used up. What is it that Jesus has finished? The question must be asked. The fulfillment of the scriptures. Look at it, if you will. He he wants to fulfill the scriptures. That's what he wants to finish. In other words, he has lived out his life according to the supposed to be from his birth until his death. What do you mean by that? What I mean is he was born into this world to be able to create a pathway for you and for I that we can live our lives in obedience to the will of God and orchestrating our life to flow through the truth of his word until we breathe our last breath that's what i mean by we have to finish well now uh, jesus himself he wanted to finish well but what we must be careful of not overlooking here is is how jesus finished he finished his life journey well brothers and sisters in christ he he was the one who came into this world and sin was placed on him, but the Bible tells us that there was no sin in him. So in order for him to complete his mission and his life, the way that God had orchestrated for it to go, he had to go to Calvary's cross, he had to be crucified, dead and buried, and he had to go to a borrowed grave where three days later he would rise up with all power in his hand. Now, let me give you uh, just a, a few principles I believe the text gives us that will help us be able to All I believe we have to face our fears. But not only do we have to face our fears, but we have to face our fears with a God-centered boldness. Now what what do you mean by that? What do you mean, preacher, what how am I going to face my fear with a God centered boldness? Well, if you go to the Garden of Gethsemane, you can recall Jesus is in the garden right before his capture and he's seeing on his heavenly video screen. He's seeing this torture that he's about to endure by the hands of his captors. He's seeing a vivid picture of the torture that he's going to have to face, and he's crying out to God, and he's telling God, he's telling the Lord, if it be your will, take this cup from me, but one thing we have to be careful of is that he not only expressed that he wanted God to take the cup away, but he also faced it with a God centered boldness because he said, Nevertheless, it's not your will, it's not my will, but it's your will. So he understood that even though I got to face this fear that I'm dealing with in my mind, I know. It's not my will. It's got to be God's will that's what's going to happen to me. So what I'm saying to you today is that I know that you have some fearful thoughts out there in your mind. I know that there are some fearful roads that might be ahead of you, but I'm here to encourage you today that you got to face your fear with a God-centered boldness. You got to keep God in the middle of all of your situations. That's what you gotta do. First of all, you got to face your fear with a God centered boldness. But yet and, and, and and yet number two, you got to trust God in the midst of your trials. Now, if we will we can go to the earlier in, in chapter nineteen we see Jesus is in the midst of a trial now and he's standing before Pilate to be judged. And Jesus being questioned by Pilate and he's he's being asked uh, uh are you uh not trying to talk to me? Are you ignoring Speaking to me, he he tells him that, don't you know, Pilate is telling Jesus, don't you know, I have the power to deliver you to be crucified? But watch this now. This is where the trust comes in the midst of the trial. Jesus says to Pilate, you would not have no power over me except it have been given to you from on high. In other words, you won't have no power over me, Pilot. If God Himself would not allow it to be so. So what I'm saying to you today is, not only do you have to face your fears with a God-centered boldness, but secondly, you got to trust God in the midst of the trial. So, so, so what you're saying? What I'm saying is, is when the trials of life come upon you, and and you feel yourself starting to have a nervous breakdown or you feel yourself being stressed out because of the trials that you're dealing with, you have got to be bold enough to trust in God no matter what. you got to tell yourself, I'm leaning and I'm depending on you now, God, no matter what I'm going through right now. I understand what I'm in the midst of. But I believe God that if I just trust You, that everything is going to work itself out. But then, but then, thirdly, as I get ready to close, thirdly, I believe we need to understand that we have to face our fears, we have to trust God in the midst of our trials. But then we have to endure with courage. Until the end Well look at Jesus Hanging on the cross there He endured with courage Until the very end Because if you look You can see uh, Jesus is is hanging there On the cross And he understands that uh, My time is really drawing near He understands that uh, uh, my breaths are getting shorter in between. He knows that it won't be long before he has to turn and give up the ghost. But if I submit to you today that Jesus, he, he endured with courage until the end. And if you want to finish well in your life uh, in this 2015 year, you're going to have to learn to face your fears with a God-centered boldness. And you're going to have to trust in God in the midst of all of your trials. And you're going to have to learn to give up your spiritual boldness and endure with courage until the end. Because it's just like Jesus said, on the cross of Calvary. He said that it is now already finished. He understood that he had completed the scriptures now. And he knows that he had to go on and meet with his father. So when I say to you today that you must finish your life well, you got to do just as Jesus did. Uh, In the midst of the garden of Gethsemane. You have to declare that it's not my will, but your will that'll be done. And in your time of weakness, you're going to have to learn to lean and depend on him. Why do you say that, preacher? Because he is my rock in a weary land. He is my shelter in the midst of my storm. And he is my battle life in the midst of my battle. And all I know is he will. God will. He'll take care of you. Won't he do it for you? Yes, he will. I heard him say, Lift up your head, all ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. King of glory, he shall tonight you have a chance to choose to finish your life well jesus had this same choice on calvary's cross and he chose to carry out his mission to the end i don't know what god has called you forth to do in your life but can i encourage you to make the choice to finish well. I know that you can do it. I know you can. If you just continue to trust in God, you continue to have that God-centered boldness whenever you're facing your fears. And if you continue to endure with the strength that God has given you, in believing that he will take you through. I believe it today, and I believe that God is going to do it for you, but you just got to lean and depend on him. Wherever you are tonight, won't you stretch those hands towards the heaven. And, Father, we thank you tonight for what you have shared and what you have given unto us. We thank you now, God, because we believe that it is all well now. We believe, God, that we can now go forth into this 2016 year believing, God, that we can finish our life well. We may not have started out the right way. We may have fallen off the track several times, God, but now we believe that we have an opportunity to finish well. So, God, I ask that you continue to seal this word upon the hearts of the hearers. And we will continue to trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you,
1: Elder Perry, for that awesome word. Spread the Word is actually broadcast live on Block Talk Radio. Every week we have different ministers and pastors and apostles. We thank you for listening in. And God bless you and have a nice night.